From the heart of the Carolinas, a breath of fresh air, a voice of reason, this is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. A man that I've known, a man that is tough and smart, a man that's running against somebody that's never done a damn thing in the Senate, Mr. Jason Lewis. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Frankie Lane. And the good news is the lights are on in Moore County, but they're still not on in President Biden's head, I'm afraid. We just got this news about an hour ago. Maybe not the, the morning show has been telling you about this. Uh, the U.S. basketball star Brittany Griner has been released in a dramatic, high-level prison exchange for, for, are you ready? The Merchant of Death. Now, I'm a little confused here. Um, Charlotte has 102 murders, setting a record. Look out, Chicago. We're coming after you next. Uh, we've got 38, $138 billion going off to Ukraine. We can't fix inflation or the border. But we just released the merchant of death for Brittany Griner. Now, I don't like the idea that the WNBA basketball star was detained in a penal colony in Russia for a drug charge. That's not good. It's not good that Paul Whelan, a Michigan corporate executive, has been jailed on espionage charges. But I'm trying to get trying to get my head around the the quid pro quo here, uh, vis-a-vis Griner and Victor Bout. Victor Bout had been selling thousands of arms to the Colombian FARC group. The FARC group was a group in Colombia shooting at U.S. planes, shooting at Americans. He was a notorious arms dealer once labeled the merchant of death, Joe Biden just let him go in exchange for Brittany. Now, I think they were going to let anybody go, including Charles Manson for Brittany Griner, because they wanted desperately to free someone because race and gender and social dynamics were were in this identity politics everywhere. Brittany Griner is an openly gay, uh, openly gay black woman who plays in the NBA or the WNBA. They were going to get her out because that is that is one of the Democrat Party bases, to be sure. What did Kamala Harris say? She was overcome with emotion. <laughs> she is every day, pretty much, Kamala. But the question I've got for you this morning is quite simple. Is that an even exchange? I Look, you can say it's, it's, it's worthy. You can say he did the right thing. But the merchant of death for... Uh, Brittany Griner. 1-704-570-1110. Jason Lewis here, your favorite ex-congressman on the radio in the Queen City. But then again, how many are there? Nah, not that many, so let's not go with that. But let's just say I am back. Your former talk show host on WBT in for Vince today. Uh, he will be back tomorrow, but until... Well, next couple of hours anyway, I'll be holding down the fort and glad to do it. 704-570-1110. I have never seen a week where North Carolina has been in the news more. Seriously. Uh, You've got the power outage in Moore County making national news, right? Now you've got this very, very important, which by the way is kind of going under the radar screen, Supreme Court case has to the power of state legislatures to make election law. This is Moore versus North Carolina, I believe. Uh, It has nothing to do with Moore County. Uh, And this is going to be fascinating because if, um, 
Well, the court's going to decide who conducts elections in North Carolina. Is it the General Assembly in Raleigh? Do they write election law? Or is it the state courts? Or is it the federal government? Or is it the governor? Well, it's pretty clear from something called the Elections Clause that the state legislature regulates, quote, the times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives. They shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. But the Congress may at any time, by law, make or alter such regulations except as to the places of choosing senators. Now, you got to... I'm going to understand something here. This is part and parcel of the architecture of a republic. None of the colonies would have joined the Union had the the, the Congressional or or the Continental Congress said, hey, we want you all to join the Union. We're going to push back against King George if you just give up all of your state's rights. If If the federal government takes over your elections or if the local governor or the British governor takes over the elections, or if the state court, no. The colonies insisted that the state representatives of the people, the people you choose to go to Raleigh, make election law. And what we've seen in the COVID era, and what we've saw in 2020, and what we saw in 2022, is the total abdication of Article 1, Section 4, Clause 1. The ability of state legislatures to make election law. Instead, you saw secretaries of state rewrite election law. You saw governors. You saw Amy Klobuchar and the feds trying to do it. You saw everybody but the people who were supposed to tell you, hey, we don't have four months of voting. We vote on election day. And you can't get a mail-in unless you're abroad serving your country or an absentee. But no, the law was overturned because they exploited a public health challenge called COVID, specifically to do that, specifically to rewrite election law, quite frankly, for the benefit of the Democrat Party. And now you've got this case based in North Carolina that's going to determine what happened in North Carolina is, as you may, you probably know, uh, the, the state legislature redrew congressional district lines. The Democrats didn't like it, so they sued to the state courts. They sued in state court. The the North Carolina courts, not the legislature, said, we don't like those lines because, after all, we're Democrats too. And so we're going to throw that out. The question in front of the Supreme Court now, which is the highest law of the land, especially when you're considering this is federal law, we're talking about Article 1, Section 4, Clause 1, is is granting state power under federal law, and it's granting that to the legislature. So now the Supreme Court says, well, wait a minute. The Constitution says the legislature of North Carolina should make congressional districts and state law regarding elections. It's called the Elections Clause. And the the state court in North Carolina says, no, we're going to do it. Guess what? They can't. This is something that has been the greatest travesty during the COVID era for the health of the country. Because I will tell you flat out, when you've got 60% of the vote, in fact, when I was running for the U.S. Senate in Minnesota in 2020, 
60% of the vote came by what? Absentee ballots. They went out to everybody. That was because the Secretary of State rewrote election law. Think about that. Governors rewriting election law. Everybody but the state legislature. And it helped Democrats immensely. You can vote now in September before John Fetterman ever has a debate. How's that work out? Anybody want their vote back? You see what's happened here? We are overturning the concept of self-government in favor of one party. Why, what's next? Twitter censoring conservatives and censoring the Hunter laptop story? No, it couldn't be, could it? All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back. When we do, we will get to the phone calls at 704-570-1110. Jerry and the rest of the calls coming right up. In the meantime, I am Jason Lewis in for Vince today on News Talk 1110-993-WBT. for Ukraine. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> well, some people say this country's falling apart. Welcome back, everybody. Jason Lewis, former congressman, the talk show host formerly known as Representative Jason Lewis, and more importantly, formerly host of WBT in the afternoon many, many years ago. Uh, but I will tell you, uh, I've got real reservations on funneling more money to Zelensky. Now $38 billion on the table. That's $138 billion total for a fellow uh, who is governing now in a corrupt way. Well, actually, he's been governing in a corrupt way for quite some time. But we'll get into that a little later because that's going to be in the Christmas tree omnibus bill. Um, the Senate is trying. What in the hell is wrong with Tom Tillis? Anyway, you North Carolinians need to take a look at your Republican senator because this guy is really, really off the charts in working with Democrats to try to undercut the America First agenda. Uh, We'll get to that a little later in the program. We've been talking about this Supreme Court case as well as the big swap, the merchant of death for Brittany Griner. Are you all in on that? Or should the Biden administration have held out for something a bit more, well, or or someone a bit less deleterious to the American cause? This guy was the merchant of death selling arms to Colombian FARC that was shooting, shooting at Americans, shooting down planes in Colombia. And he, he lets that guy go for Brittany Griner. Um, you know, I, if, if Brittany Griner were in your family, you'd be saying, yeah, I get that. But it just seems a little lopsided here. But <clears throat> we'll take your calls. First up today, Jerry, you're on WBT with Jason Lewis. Hi, Jerry. Hey, Jason. I love your show. Thank you. But I was living in Bogota, Colombia back in 1995. Well, you know all I was about visiting this. a friend. Uh, friend's farm, about two and a half to three hours, depending on traffic, outside of Bogota. And at one of the evenings, we started hearing the, my friend's name getting called out. And what the FARC does is they surround the property and then slowly close in on you. And when you, they start pounding on your door, they bust in. And there was probably 10 of them, all with AK-47s, demanding protection money. Which, by if the way, is exactly what, money, we what all Victor was shot. selling. He was selling AK-47s. Hello? Yeah. This, I mean, the, the, no. not? Are you there? Yep, I'm here, sir. Hello? Okay. So, yeah, I mean, uh, releasing the, the merchant of death, I have experience with his weapons being pointed at me. This is ridiculous. 
What do you, I mean, the, the question I guess some people are saying is, what, what was Brittany Griner thinking when she went to Russia, knowing that they have a very harsh anti-drug policy there, and she brought in some pot vaping device and got caught? And that was her sin. Now, was it overkill to put her in a penal colony? By our standards, it certainly is. In Colorado, they're handing out dope like it's candy on Halloween. But, and by the way, meanwhile, Chuck Schumer is trying to put in a marijuana bill in the omnibus bill and the NDAA bill in the lame duck Congress. So basically what the Biden administration said this morning is, um, you know, we think the we think backing off on penalizing drug users is more important than jailing the merchant of death. Ah, that's a little bit talk radio ish. I get it, but there are some people like Jerry who've seen these folks up close and personal. FARC was a horrible terrorist group in Colombia. Victor Bout, the guy that was released, was the merchant of death who sold them thousands of AK-47s, sold them thousands of bombs, anything he could sell them. That's why they called him the merchant of death. So the Biden administration says Russia is our single most devious threat in the world, which is a joke. Russia's military budget is one-tenth of ours, if that. They are a hollowed-out empire that threatened no one. China is the most serious threat, and yet, Biden and his son have been doing deals with those folks. But Russia is the gravest threat, according to these newfound cold warriors in the Democratic Party. This really cracks me up. When you think about it, during the real Cold War, not with Russia, but with something called the Soviet Union, when the Soviet Union still had East Bloc control, before the Berlin Wall fell, when they actually had power and were on the march in Angola and in Nicaragua and throughout the globe, when they were threatening Cuba with, and the United States with, with missiles, you couldn't find Democrats to support Reagan's buildup to win the Cold War. Now that Russia is a threat to no one, we're backing a guy in Ukraine that's shutting down the Christian Orthodox Church in Ukraine. Because Zelensky thinks it's too pro-Russian. He's jailing his opponents. What the hell are we doing backing this guy and threatening World War III over a piece of territory that historically has been Russia's anyway? Crimea. And yet we are. But wait a minute. Now we just let out the merchant of death. I'm a little confused here. If Biden really wants to get tough on Russia, what's he doing that for? Well, he's doing that because identity politics, identity politics trumps everything. John, you're on WBT with me, former Congressman Jason Lewis. How are you? John, are you there, my friend? Apparently, John is not, but I am, so I will continue. Anyway, I, I want to continue with this whole because I think it dovetails nicely to, into this notion that Russia is this threat and we've got to throw in another $38 billion on the NDAA bill or in the omnibus bill for Ukraine, probably in the omnibus bill as foreign aid. And the notion that because it's so important that we back Ukraine, we're looking the other way as Zelensky censors his opponents, puts them in jail and now shuts down churches, actually raided a monastery. Because Russia is the, the real threat. 
After all, they stole the 2016 election. Oops, they didn't. That would have been the FBI and Twitter and the Democrat Party stealing the 2016 election. But be that as it may, if you buy into that liberal media nonsense, why are we letting out the merchant of death? Doesn't just seems to me that doesn't make much sense. 704-570-1110. This story, too, today that just broke in the Queen City. Charlotte now has broken, well, it hasn't broken, it's setting a record for homicides. 102 murders to date in the Queen City. That is shocking. For, a, for that many murders for a town the size of Charlotte is just outrageous, shocking. It is, it is, it is a, 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 a governance model that doesn't have your interests in heart. In 2021, there was a total of 94 murders. So now we're going to shoot past that and set a new record in Charlotte. Look out, Chicago. We're coming after you next. You've got all of these problems, all of these myriad problems. And what is Tom Tillis in Washington doing? He's working with Democrats to get amnesty and a new marriage bill passed before the lame duck is over. I'm telling you, with senators like that, who needs Democrats? 570-1110, the contact line. I am the talk show host formerly known as the WBT Afternoon Guy and Congressman Jason Lewis. Back with more. Stick around, everybody. back on the Vince Coakley show. I am the talk show host formerly known as Congressman Jason Lewis in for Vince today. He will return tomorrow, but the phone number as always stays the same. 704-570-1110. You know, so much of this stuff about lame duck and omnibus bills and continuing resolutions and why we've got trillion dollar deficits and endless wars and an open border is in my book. Party Animal, The Truth About President Trump, Power Politics, and the Partisan Press. I wrote this after serving in Congress and running in the midst of COVID lockdowns and riots in Minnesota. And it's a must read because it predicts what's happening right now. I've got a whole chapter on the riots. I've got a whole chapter on what the FBI did to undercut uh, the, the tw- <laughs> well, to undercut a, a newfound administration that was trying to get their legs Uh, In 2017, 2018, while I was there, it is all in party animal. The truth about President Trump, power politics and the partisan press written by yours truly. Go out and get it at Barnes and Noble, the hard copy or where ebooks are sold right now. John, thanks for being patient. You're on WBT. Jason, good to hear you. Yes, sir. Good to hear you back on. Always a pleasure. You you said that this was identity politics when they released the WNBA player. Right. Well, Jason, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've heard that if if the black population, 13% of our U.S. population, were to vote 50-50 like the nation and not 95% for the Democrats, if that were to happen, the Democrats would never have uh, that one election again. If the black vote, well, was Trump, it, was to, Trump was starting to Trump was starting to cut into the black vote. A black lady, because he has to have a black secretary of defense. He has to have a black spokesman. He has to have a black attorney general. He has to cater to that group. 
Because well, I don't. Okay. Himself, Jason. Yeah, yeah. If you ain't black, if you don't, if you don't vote for me, you, you ain't, ain't black. You ain't black. Yeah, that's what. Uh, talks down to the black people. <clears throat> that's like Bill Clinton saying he's the first black president. Uh, Biden is is yeah. literally. Joe Biden is but living proof we haven't won the war on drugs, folks. Let's be clear about this. But look, John, I think as much as, as the African-American issue was the gender issue. She's an openly gay black woman who plays in the WNBA. That is the Democrat profile of their voter. And you're quite right about that. Now, why blacks don't vote for Republicans is beyond me because, A, um, look at the condition of black Americans in the inner city. Have the Democrats have, have four decades, five decades of of, of uh, Democrat governance in these urban communities, including Charlotte, helped them? Of course not. Trump was starting to make inroads into the black community by not treating them as a voting block, treating them as individuals and Americans who care just as much as anybody else about inflation, about crime, Jason, about all of that. It'll never happen. The black vote is not stocked with Democrats. Well, it is now. It's John, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. It is now. Um, I'm not certain that's, you know, look, are the Republicans going to get the majority of the African-American vote? No. But can they cut into it? Yes. But I, I think your point's a, an interesting one and a fair one. Had Brittany Griner been a straight white male who got busted with pot in Russia, would the Biden administration have released the merchant of death? I think it's fair to say the answer is no. Here's Richard. He's on WBT. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hey, good morning. Um, I happen to be African-American, and um, unfortunately what that gentleman's saying is absolutely true. The African-American community has been indoctrinated for decades. And, yes, there is a, a, a community responsibility, but I also blame the Republicans for uh, not engaging in the black community. Right. So. That's the reason why you have the border wide open, because the Democrats, they want to import more mental slavery. And that's the reason why they have the borders wide open. Now, you're not talking believe... about the replacement theory, are you? We can't say that uh, in broadcast radio or TV anymore. The replacement theory is racist. You just described yeah, it in detail. <laughs> you but know, the truth is the truth. And... Um, but Look, you're, I think the only saving point here is that possibly the Hispanics, they are assuming that Hispanics will vote for them when it's not true. Now, the Republicans have an opportunity to flip this in terms of the Hispanics who are coming in here because they are hardworking people. They are Christian people. They're not looking for a handout. So it would be to the Republicans' advantage to try to take advantage of that future voting. Well, it's block. already happening. You're yeah, seeing these border congressional districts go to Republicans and Hispanic Republican candidates. So that's already happening. It's kind of backfiring on them at the border right now, the open border policy where you're letting in fentanyl, you're letting in drug dealers, you're letting in all sorts of elements, just walking across the border. And let's be honest about this, Richard. It is the replacement theory. They're trying to replace a certain demographic with another demographic they think will vote for them. And Democrats have admitted that for decades. So th that is going on. But but let's just go back to your point. 
I want to pick your brain a little bit on about what Republicans need to do to get more African-American votes, because in the middle of the riots in Minneapolis, when this city was burned to the ground, by the way, interestingly enough, Liz Cheney hasn't said a word about that, and government property was destroyed. But that's a topic for another show. Um, I went to North Minneapolis and South Minneapolis, where that is sort of the epicenter of the rioting and large African-American populations in the Twin Cities reside there. And I said, what's the, in fact, I talked to an African-American business owner who's, who lost her business, burned to the ground. What is the most important thing of, as, as far as public policy? She said, safety, crime. That's it. Because the, the, the greatest number of victims with this unrelenting crime put forth by Democrat uh, city councils and Democrat mayors, the greatest number of victims are in the black community. So what is, how do Republicans flip this? They're not going to get the majority of African-American votes, but how do they cut into it? Well, Trump actually was doing a very good job. That's why they hate his guts. Yeah. But I think, as you could see, just from a minority perspective, you could see what DeSantis has done. And it's the, the DeSantis is the model for getting people, regardless of uh, uh, skin color, to vote for a Republican. Unfortunately, Trump is too abrasive, so his messages kind of get lost because, unfortunately, he... he I think you're on to something. Let's leave Trump and DeSantis out of it for a second, but here's the key in my view, and it's a long-term plan, but here's the key. Treat African-Americans in a colorblind fashion. By that, I mean... Don't pander to them the way Democrats do. Treat them as individuals who care just as much about crime and inflation and open borders and economic progress as anybody else. And eventually, they will respond like anybody else. But the Democrats have perfected the art of saying, oh, you're still being persecuted. We're going to save you. And you know what they've done? They persecuted you. Your cities are falling apart. Crime is at an all-time high, and you can't afford to buy a house. That's black living under Democrats. We ought to be able to fight back against that as a movement. I'm Jason Lewis, and you're on WBT. Don't go away. Thank you, Mike, with traffic. We'll get back to him next hour. Also, next hour, more of your calls at 704-570-1110 on the big swap announced by the president this morning. WNBA star, openly gay advocate, African-American woman traded for the merchant of death. I don't know. I'm just wondering if it's a fair trade, but I'll let you decide on that. (laughs) Also, I, I got to say, I mean, you North Carolina Republicans, you gotta, you've got to, you got to clear me up on this because I'm a little confused. Who needs Democrats if you've got Tom Tillis? I mean, this guy is working hand in glove with the Democrats in a lame duck session. When in a couple of weeks, Republicans will have the House and all of the slate will be wiped clean. It's almost as if Tom Tillis on this ridiculous respect for marriage law as well as uh, amnesty, is trying to get it passed for the Democrats before the Republicans take the House and block it. And this is the guy that's supposed to be the opposition? Uh, We'll get into what the hell is wrong with Tom Tillis, your Republican, quote-unquote, senator from North Carolina, uh, in the next hour as well. So, In fact, why is the Senate doing anything 
right now under Mitch McConnell. They ought to be blocking every single initiative until the next session of Congress, period. And and this is coming from a guy that sat through a lame duck while I was in Congress. And I know I know what happens in a lame duck. The Democrats are trying to rush through every radical piece of legislation they can before the Republicans take the House. So why are Republicans in the Senate helping them? You know, when I was serving in the House, I used to say, there's only one thing more that Republicans in the House dislike than the Democrat media complex, and that is the U.S. Senate. Because there are so many spineless United States senators on the Republican side that they thwart all the good that gets done in the House. And a lot of good does get done in the House. Uh, This is where good bills go to die and bad ones get passed by unanimous consent, the United States Senate. It's a real problem for the GOP. We'll get into that next hour as we continue uh, as well, talking about the swap. But right now, here is Ralph. He's been waiting patiently on uh, WBT. Hey, Ralph. Hey, uh, Jason. Hey, I don't understand why the Republican Party and the chairman doesn't team up with somebody like Candace Owens and go into, like, Baltimore, Cleveland, Chicago, and, and shoot commercials showing the travesty that's being done to the to the black community and everything, and the, the regular citizenry of these places. It just blows my mind that they don't take the opportunity to expose <clears throat> the, all the all these blue cities for what they were are and were. I mean, who thinks the black community is better off now than four years ago? Who in their right mind? For that matter, the entire country and every community, but specifically the inner cities, which are now experiments in unrelenting crime, thanks to George Soros and thanks to Twitter and thanks to everybody that have basically... Here, here's you know, Let's get back to the, 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 the real reason why that doesn't happen, Ralph. And I can tell you as a former member trying to hold town halls in my own district, which was suburban, the... the the authorities in this country, which are governed by leftists, whether from the FBI to, you know, throughout the Department of Justice and the FBI right down to local city councils who appoint police chiefs or mayors, they unleashed the mob on Republicans. When I was in the 115th Congress, Ralph, we could not hold a town hall because something called the liberal resistance to Trump would disrupt our town hall meetings and worse. I got death threats. Every member of Congress, Lee Zeldin was being driven off the road. Steve Scalise was shot. Now comes COVID, right? And during COVID, they just told Antifa and BLM, go ahead, the city's yours. Take the third precinct building, the police department in Minneapolis, and burn it to the ground. We're going to stand down. Now, let's be honest. Um, Few of us are John Wayne. How many Republicans are going to go into that environment or anybody into that environment and not just have your town hall disrupted, but have your staff subjected to violent threats? The mob has taken over the inner city in America. Well, we're going to have to outnumber the mob. I mean, it's going to come down to, in 15 or 20 years. If we don't take a stand now, we are going to be living in a socialist country. And, and here's all, the, all yeah. these woke people are going right. to what they want and everything. And, and you know, <clears> I'm 63, Jason, and it's just it's, it's a sad situation 
when you work all your life on a small business, work 65 hours a week, right? and then in a year and a half, two years, we're being destroyed by this leftist agenda. And here's the deal. You are absolutely correct in everything you say, but you know what the conundrum is, thanks to Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger? If you push back... We now know that Twitter stole the election. We now know that Biden, the Biden campaign, and government officials were colluding with a state actor, Twitter and Facebook, to suppress information that would have that would have been beneficial to Republicans in 2020. We know they did that. So what did people do? They went to the Capitol and they protested. Hey, you can't steal an election. We now know it's true. We knew it was true long ago, but it's been validated now thanks to Musk. So what does Liz Cheney respond? You don't push back or we'll put you in jail. And that's the great conundrum. The mob is in control with the J6 committee, with the media, with Democrats, with the cities. And they're saying, too bad for you. I'm Jason Lewis, back with more right after this. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. From the heart of the Carolinas, challenging the smug, misinformed arrogance of the left. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. A man that I've known, a man that is tough and smart, a man that's running against somebody that's never done a damn thing in the Senate, Mr. Jason Lewis. there because nobody knows the media more than the former anchor Vince Coakley. He'll tune in each and every day. I am the uh, talk show host formerly known as Congressman Jason Lewis in for Vince today. Always glad to be back on my old stomping grounds at WBT. You know, I was a talk show host on WBT for what? Four or five years, I think it was. I was even there when Paul McCartney played the Blockbuster Pavilion in 1993. That's how old I am. I was a lot of fun before running water. Want people to remember that. But if you really want to know the real true agenda of the Democrat media complex, I got to put in a plug for my book, Party Animal, The Truth About President Trump, Power Politics, and the Partisan Press. This this book I wrote because I was so frustrated with what the press was doing during the Trump era that I just detail from the inside the, the outright lies and falsehoods that Elon Musk and Twitter have now confirmed. There is a collusion going on between the mainstream media and social media to create an echo chamber that makes it impossible for Republicans to govern, let alone get a fair shake in races. I lived it up close and personal, and it's all in my book, Party Animal. Great little Christmas gift at Barnes & Noble or anywhere ebooks are sold. Now, we had the great... The great swap this morning between Brittany Griner, the gay WNBA star, and the merchant of death. And the only question I'm asking people is, is this a fair swap? Would this have occurred had, instead of Brittany Griner, an openly gay black woman in the WNBA, had been a straight white male who got caught with a joint in Moscow and was put in a penal colony there? Do you think we would have released the merchant of death, Victor Bopp? Bout for that. This is a guy that was funneling arms to anti-American groups in Colombia, FARC, a terrorist group predominantly. 
Literally, he was known as the merchant of death. So it's an interesting question. I happen to think the answer is obvious. Now, obviously, if you're Brittany's family, you're thanking the, the, the heavens today that she's back. I understand that. But I just think this was Biden playing identity politics to his base, and that is the Democrat base. It is anybody but a straight white male. That is the Democrat base today. And so you've got a situation here where where the law, or at the very least, government action, is being skewed for political purposes. And nowhere was that more evident than in the COVID riots. I I, uh, live in Minnesota now, and I was in the Senate race in 2020 in the midst of the establishment, whether they were epidemiologists, whether they were the media, whether it was the governor of Minnesota saying, we're not going to make rioters shelter in place, but we're going to make everybody else shelter in place. We're going to close down businesses. They tried to close down my campaign. I sued the governor over it. Lost, but I sued him anyway. Glad I did. Uh, they, they had one set of laws for one group and another set of laws for another. Now, I bring this up because last hour a caller said, well, you know, we've got to face the mob because that's what this is, the mob, whether they're raiding Republican town halls, whether they're shooting Steve Scalise, whether they're attacking Lee Zeldin, it's the mob. So we've got to fight fire with fire. The only problem there is what happens if you do that? Liz Cheney puts you in jail. The January 6th committee has now announced that they're going to pass out criminal referrals to the Department of Justice to go after trespassers on January 6th. Now, anyway, now, this is really fascinating to me because what has Elon Musk proved? What has he proved? He has proved that the election was stolen. Not in the way, perhaps, the former president says with ballot harvest well i shouldn't say that there was ballot harvesting but with outright machine fraud and that no not that way it was stolen by media suppression when twitter and cnn and msnbc well and everyone in the media from the charlotte observer right over to the washington post when they refused to cover the hunter biden laptop because it was spiked by twitter and then by the mainstream media It gave the election to Joe Biden. Look, this election was decided by 21,000 votes in three or four states in 2020. The, 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 The ability to hype the false Russian collusion story, while at the same time spiking the fact that the Biden family was selling out to China and Ukraine, was enough to turn the election. Frankly, I outperformed Trump by two points in Minnesota. I would have won had you had that sort of paradigm shift in the media narrative. And here's what's really frustrating about it. A bunch of people show up at the Capitol. Some of them, to be sure, if you're engaged in assault or violent activity, deserve to be prosecuted. But the majority of them trespassed. But now the January 6th committee is referring to the DOJ criminal charges for those folks, or they're going to. So the answer to the caller last hour was, yeah, we're being governed by the mob, but we can't push back because then the government works on behalf of the mob to put you in jail. 
Ask Kyle Rittenhouse. Ask the Covington High Schoolers. They laud Michael Abinati and Jesse Smollett, and they jail their opposition. We are in the midst of the United States turning into a third-world country where the party in power, which is now the Democrat media complex, decides to criminalize the opposition and put them in jail. And that's why people are afraid to fight back. That's why they can censor people. People are self-censoring. That's why the republic, as we know it, is on the ropes under the Democrat media complex. And by the way, once again, that's really what my book is about. That's really scary stuff. Really, really scary stuff. So why on earth would Tom Tillis walk hand-in-hand with every Democrat he can find in the United States Senate and do their bidding in a lame-duck session? This is the most bizarre thing to me, and this is why Republicans don't win. They actually don't believe in the same principles that the people who vote for them do. And nowhere is this more evident than Mr. Tillis. This guy is working with Democrats to pass amnesty. He's working with Democrats to pass the Respect for Marriage Law, which is a joke. The Constitution already protects interracial marriage. The Constitution says nothing about gay marriage, but he wants to put that in law. So in case the Supreme Court overturns, as they did Roe, overturns the Hodges decision, mandating gay marriage, that every state has to comply. Here's a note to you, Tom. The federal government does not adjudicate family law. That is left to the states, not you. Quit getting on your knees for Democrats. Why is the Senate doing anything with the Democrats? Or why is the Senate Republican? Whether it's the omnibus bill, they should pass a continuing resolution, and that's it. That's it. More calls coming right up. Stick around, everybody. I'm Jason Lewis. You're on the Vince Coakley program on News Talk 1110-993-WBT. kidding me the fda has just approved the omicron booster for six month old infants oh my word i got some info on that in my latest substack newsletter jasonlewis.substack.com it's all about how we've lost trust in medicine because of the lies they told us during covid i mean this is amazing and irresponsible and unneeded um talk about rent seeking and padding your bottom line via the government the this this is outrageous we'll get to that in a moment perhaps but right now at 704-570-1110 here's kathy you're on the vince coakley show with jason lewis hi how you doing i'm doing okay how are you doing good i just wanted to comment you were asking if the trade was fair yeah um while i don't agree with the trade at all because this guy's an enemy to the united states Mm-hmm. The least we could have gotten was the other man who's been there sitting in jail for two months. I mean, for two years. Yep. I mean, if we were going to make a trade, we should have made it at least somewhat worthwhile. You're talking about Paul Whelan. He's a Michigan corporate mm-hmm. executive who was jailed since December 2018 yeah. on 
espionage charges. That would have been more equitable because espionage is more serious than pot. But the Democrats love pot. You got to understand, Democrats, they're all high anyway. So they love pot. And you had the perfect trifecta, a pot smoking, openly gay black woman. Are you kidding me? That is that is the profile of the average Democrat voter. Do you think Biden was going to do anything different? I, you know, I'm not trying to be too facetious here, but let's be honest. Um, Paul Whelan would have been a more equitable swap with regard, not equitable in the sense of fairness. I mean, no one wants Brittany Griner to suffer in a, in a, in a, you know, Russian prison colony or whatever they, they put her in a penal colony, they called it. Um, however, if you're talking about the merchant of death, what would be equal to the merchant of death? Well, an espionage charge would certainly be more equal than that. Uh, there's no question about that. But this is identity politics once again. And unfortunately, that's what happened. Hold on, hold on. I got to look. There we go. The phone's going all over here, folks. But anyway, I digress. The point being that that you don't have to see this for what it is. Well, you do see it for what it is. You don't have to be, oh, let Brittany or uh, uh, Griner suffer in prison. You don't have to say, oh, I wish she would suffer in prison to see that there probably wasn't an equitable swap for the merchant of death, someone who's been feeding arms to the Colombian terrorists, right? Back to the calls we go. Who did you say it was? Sam? Stan. Go ahead, Stan. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hi, hi Jason. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I can barely, I can't hardly hear you, uh... I am uh, doing fine, sir. How are you? I am doing okay. I have a. Uh, uh, I want to talk to you about election integrity, and there's five reasons that we have to be concerned about election integrity. Number one, most people who are Republicans can't believe that, even though it could be true, that people would vote for their own destruction based on what's been going on in the country. Right. Secondly, we know that the reason we didn't change the voting laws to COVID is because they changed these rules with the intent to cheat. So. Forgive me for thinking there was cheating, uh, even though that's true. Thirdly, if you can get your message out mass media and the other side can't, that's at a disadvantage. And fourthly, we know that the Democrats basically have, with the IRS and with all of the uh, 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 tax credits to businesses and unions that donate back to them, they have more money than we do. And lastly, law enforcement is stacked against us. If our, our only way to get to win elections going forward is to compete within that system and not change it. We can hand them the case of the country. Well, I mean, what you're describing is the institutional rot that has taken over every aspect of society. And this is sort of like Churchill's warning, you know, while we were sleeping, uh, while England slept, um, the, the Nazis were building power. During the Obama years, while the GOP was sleeping, they were building an infrastructure takeover that has now come come back to haunt us and i'm talking about every aspect of society whether it is local government or the federal government whether it's schools whether it's higher ed or k through 12 whether it's corporate america whether it's the media whether it's the nonprofit community whether it is churches it doesn't matter where you go if you're a young person today you are being assaulted by leftist ideology and so we've got to start changing the institutions. Now, that's a long-term project, but I will say this, Stan. 
simply capitulating on voting rules and saying, well, we don't like early voting in August and we don't like mail-in voting because even Jimmy Carter admitted it's prone to, to fraud. But we just got to play that game, which now seems to be the GOP talking point is a recipe for failure. Well, well, the one thing is, is that basically what they're doing is, is if they don't have to control all of it, all they've got to do is control, really, the elections in five to eight counties around the country, which are run by Democrats, which means that they cheat, they're not going to investigate themselves, and they control those states. And so by the way, election, that's a really smart hard point. For Republicans to compete. Stan, hold on, because you just made a really smart point. So now... The talking heads are all saying for Republicans, well, gosh, we lost the Georgia runoff. We've got a horrible midterm. We're just going to have to play by their rules, and we're going to have to to get into early voting, and we're going to have to understand that mail-in ballots are here to stay and, and that um, um, you know vote for three months and all of this stuff. Well, here's the problem, to your point. The Democrats, all they have to do is win these urban areas from New York to California to Minneapolis to Portland to Raleigh, Charlotte, you name it. And they've won. GOP have to win all the out, outside or, or greater rural areas, which is much more difficult to do by trying to ballot harvest because of early voting or mail-ins. You, you're, you're spread out to get two votes, and you got to spend a ton of money where the, where the Democrats just win a couple of populous areas. So I just, this all this talk, I saw Gingrich and I saw Hannity talking about, well, we're just going to have to play by their rules. That's not going to fix it. We got to go back to somehow going back to election day, reserving absentee ballots for military folks or folks who are really sick and end this nonsensical voting marathon that starts in September and runs through November. And they don't want to do that. They want to give up. Well, see, we, we, we will never play by those rules because we believe our ideas are better and we believe we're winning the ideas of debate. They don't, so that's why they have to cheat, and we are not, we're not capable of participating in a system such as that. Well, you're quite right about that, and the fact is, according to Twitter, it's now confirmed, um, if you add what the Biden campaign and the government, uh, that the FBI on down, did in colluding with Twitter, is they conspired to throw an election. It's election interference. I was right, Trump was right, you were right. Back with more on WBT when we return. formerly known as Congressman Jason Lewis on News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So glad to be back in the Queen City. As always, my old stomping grounds, very fond of uh, Charlotte, uh, strong, I should say, just a special place in my heart because I did so much radio on WBT. So it's always a pleasure to be in for Vince or Brett or anyone. A couple of other issues I want to get to before we get to Troop and the rest of the calls uh, <clears throat> because there's so much going on, but I want to make certain I touch on them. Especially given my latest newsletter on jasonlewis.substack.com was all about how the COVID experts, the public health authorities, have destroyed trust in medicine. And I bring it up only because moments ago, hours ago, the FDA has now approved the Omicron booster for six-month-year-olds or six-month-old infants. I have never seen anything so ridiculous, patently ridiculous in my life. 
And if you look, if you read my newsletter, you just go to jasonlewis.substack.com and you can get it. It's free. You will see the litany of errors from Anthony Fauci on down to the North Carolina Health Department that these experts made during COVID that have now proven to be totally false. You will be you will be inoculated if you take the vaccine. Wrong. People getting the virus now are the vaccinated. The severity of COVID is going to kill 30,000 people in, in Raleigh tomorrow. No, the numbers were much lower. They even gamed the numbers early on, counting somebody going into the hospital with a broken leg if they had COVID as a COVID hospitalization. I don't care whether it was downplaying therapeutics, whether force-feeding you a vaccine that was no good for young people, in fact, deleterious for young people, every pushing lockdowns that destroyed the psyche of young people, not to mention GDP, everything the public experts told you during COVID was wrong, and the medical community went right along with them. It is the politicization of medicine. And that's what I wrote about in this newsletter that went out. And lo and behold, today, they're trying to force the vax on six-month-old kids when they, A, don't need it, B, it could be dangerous, and C, the lies continue. In the wake of Anthony Fauci's departure, he has left a medical community on the ropes, on life support, because they went along with it too. And Mayo Clinic refuses a kidney transplant for two women that needed it because they weren't vaccinated. 1,200 epidemiologists said the rioters didn't need to shelter in place or lock down because systemic racism was so important. We're going to let them riot, but you had to lock down. This was a charade, the exploitation of a public health challenge for political purposes, and it ended up in changing election law illegally, illegally by secretaries of state, by governors, by any everybody who didn't have the power to do it, and that was the state legislature who should have done it if you're going to change election law. They used COVID to rig an election. And someday, when the media decides to become honest, and they are not right now, that will be clear to everyone. Troop, you're on WBT. Thanks for waiting. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Jason. Uh, I got a couple of comments on things. Uh, first of all, the Brittany Griner deal. Uh, give me a break. That's like Bill Clinton said he smoked marijuana but didn't inhale. Didn't inhale? Now, <laughs> they could have put her on a plane back to the U.S., okay? But they didn't do that. But I bet she wouldn't be going back to Russia anytime soon. And uh, if the black folks would think about it, you know, Democrats and Republicans, they don't agree, they don't agree with anything each other does. But the black folks would think about it. It was a Republican president that freed the slaves. And three. Well, it's true, obviously. But I think that's I I don't think you win doing that. I mean, if you take a look at the Civil Rights Act of 1964, forget about, you know, the mid 18th or 19th century. um, The Southern Democrats were the ones Johnson had to convince to pass the Civil Rights Bill. Uh, Richard Russell and, and others. So. You can make that argument, but I'm telling you, we got we have to forget the race card. We have to forget talking about identity politics to win over black Americans. I think it demeans them. Black, I mean, in the final analysis, troop, the Democrats will, will vote for that. reparations. We we got to treat every American, regardless of background, 
as an American, as an individual. And if we do that, we can win them over. But if you get going tit for tat in, we're better for blacks than the Democrats are, we'll lose every time because they'll go for reparations. Well, I agree with what you're saying. Can I have one more, one more comment about this uh, bill they're trying to pass on, uh, on same-sex marriages? Yes. Uh, does the Charlemagne the, uh, 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 mean anything? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's what I say. Solomon Gomorrah, uh, it's been said that uh, uh, if, if the Lord don't, uh, if things don't change about same-sex marriage, the Lord's going to have to forgive Solomon Gomorrah, and he's not going to do that. <laughs> well, we'll see how the hereafter pans out. Each and every one of us will see how that pans out. But what, what Troop is talking about, folks, and thank you for the call, Troop. What what Troop is talking about, folks, is Tom Tillis. <laughs> and you Republicans in Carolina, listen up. Tom Tillis is the best Republican Democrats ever had. He is busy working with Democrats in the lame duck session, trying to get this respect for marriage bill passed. Now, the House... The, the Democrat-controlled House now until the lame duck is over, passed it today, hours ago. So what this bill does, and it's illegal, it's unconstitutional, patently unconstitutional. The Supreme Court has ruled time and time again, they did it with Roe, um, that issues of family law and marriage are reserved to the states. It's called the state's police power. The federal government doesn't get to make that law, and that's why they overturn Roe. Uh, Issues of crime between two citizens of the same state, marriage, family law, are left to the states to make up. It's called laboratories of democracy, federalism, all of that good stuff that lets these experiments go on throughout the republic. And what Tillis and the Democrats want to do, now the Senate has to confirm it, and Tillis is working hard to do that, is basically take over family law and marriage from the states to the federal government. So that if Hodges was ever overturned, they would force every state to pass gay marriage laws. Whether you like it or not, that's not the federal government's role. For Tom Tillis to get in bed with Democrats to do this is inexplicable to me. Let's take a break and come right back after this. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. 